Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. Last time. On Critical Hit. I'm going to run up to the cockpit and tell the pilot, there's something on the wing. Brian, you got zero successes? Zero successes. I rolled an 18 and a 19. This is the first time you hear the creature. So we'll, we'll do a big old bounce when we hit the ground first time because we uh, okay. didn't quite get down fast enough but uh, after the bounce it's a nice smooth land and alright it is the morning and you all wake up in the medical wing some of you are bandaged that need to be bandaged some of you have been stitched up where you need to be stitched up some of you have been given a medication to help you rest or calm your nerves but all of your stress has been removed even though you've had a rough night's sleep uh, doc your clothes were pretty much ripped up and not usable uh-huh. and so the they've uh, obviously they have some clothes lying around from soldiers that didn't make it oh so why don't we go around and have each of you describe your characters and what you are wearing so let's start with doc who's got all new wardrobe Oh, boy. All new wardrobe means piece together from whatever they can find. So the shoes at least match. And the pants aren't actually part of a uniform, but couldn't, you know, go by. So it's clearly some sort of uniform shirt with insignia removed. Uh, Doc is actually probably still pretty Uh, (laughs) wild-eyed. Doc, he would be relatively handsome. If he didn't have a kind of general sense of uh, 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 about him, Uh, dark hair, Uh, it's he's tried. He's really tried to get his hair combed back the way that he likes it and glued down. But it's uh, it's a little bit more of a of an issue now that we're having these terrible, terrible nightmares. And of course, Doc is uh, very clearly of, of Greek descent, so not necessarily what you would call. Uh, a, an olive skin, because I think that may be uh, probably inappropriate and or racist, but uh, definitely someone of uh, Mediterranean stock. Okay. Uh, Rodrigo, tell us about Dutch and what is he doing this morning? Uh, Dutch is... Um, yeah, he's probably up uh, getting dressed, combing his hair. Uh, Dutch is... Uh, young, uh, he's, you know, a, a, a good enough looking guy, sort of, uh, light hazelly eyes, uh, black hair, um, qu- quantum uncertainty on olive skin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he, I, you know, he's been like his clothes, 
don't look super great at this point because he's been wearing the same thing for like six days, mm. and then he fought a then he fought a gremlin. So um, it uh, because he's gotten enough rest, and because of the way that he takes care of himself, is clean shaven, and uh, his hair is like nice and slicked back and and combed. Um, he he definitely looks like a fancy boy wearing not fancy clothes. Okay. All right. Blisco, you had probably a lot of stress in, in trying to fly, but you didn't have to engage with a, a flying monster during your flight. What are you what are you doing today? Grabbing breakfast and uh exploring, just trying to figure out where what what our next course of action might be while Sure. Uh, so let me just real quick, you landed at a British military base located on the outskirts of France. So there is an easy 45 minute drive if you were to drive there since you're near a smallish community on the outskirts there's definitely a train depot there if you need to take a train into the downtown area which you probably will but you're not in in paris proper uh so this military base is small it has been recently constructed because uh the the british and the french are working together at this point in trying to combat the the nazi menace and so there are some Quonset huts in, and inside you can see a couple of it. Most of these look like the plane you flew on cargo planes. Uh, a couple of them you can see have been outfitted with uh, guns on both the front and tail and on each side. But they, it's a small it's a small field. It's not a place where you're going to have giant bombers taking off from at this point. All right. What does is, what is, uh, Blisco look like? Uh, Blisco's uh, average height, uh, clean-kempt, brown hair, brown eyes, uh, wearing whatever they happen to give him at this okay. point. Cause... So you've got a pair of uh, a nice brown slacks. Uh, your boots, I guess, are still, still good. They've given yeah. you a, a, a proper dress shirt with some suspenders on that. And a, uh, a, a not a not a bomber jacket, but a a leather a leather jacket that a working class man would wear. Yeah. Okay. And finally, like the brown la- leather jacket. Yeah, brown leather jacket. Yeah. So the last person to wake up is Valentino. Yeah. Valentino wakes up. Uh, probably looks pretty rough uh so when he finally gets up and around he first thing he probably seeks out a strong cup of coffee okay there's plenty of that although it's probably not as good as as tea as which they seem to have an abundance (laughs) of on this base Nah, he wants coffee all right And, (laughs) and you know once he gets himself a good dark cup of that uh Basically, finds the nearest washroom to freshen up and sees what he can do to scrape together some clean clothes and maybe an iron. Uh, so he's uh, basically doing everything he can to get uh, sharp looking again. Uh, yeah, they he, actually have a very nice tweed suit that just so happens to fit you perfectly. There excellent. does happen to be, if you pull back the left, lapel there is a hole that goes right through the jacket 
Nice. That's lucky. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but luckily the lapel hides that that hole. Basically gets uh deaded up in that uh he is a fairly scrawny looking fellow. Uh probably also of average height, uh blonde hair, swept back, very chiseled features, uh very uh piercing uh light blue eyes. And uh just seems to be fastidiously uh grooming to Yeah, you look uh, you look, look quite fetching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after you after you come out of the out of the bathroom and ironed your clothes and everything, you look you look very handsome. Um, you know, of of the four, you are you are definitely the the one that will uh get a lot of attention as you're as you're walking down the street. So, Dutch, throughout the night, even though you got sleep, you were awakened multiple times by the high-ranking uh base commander. Mm-hmm. who needed information from you was filling out reports. Uh, the pilot is, was in one of the beds with, with you. He's not there in the morning when you wake up, but he was asking you questions about what happened. How did the pilot get injured? What was this creature? What did you do to provoke it into attacking you? Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those kinds of things. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of debriefing that needs to go on. The ranking official treats your group very much like he has made some phone calls and knows that he really doesn't want you on his base much longer, much longer than necessary. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to ask any questions except what he needs for his report. Uh, uh, but he is he's definitely somebody who f- you get the vibe that it's like the sooner you guys get off my base, the less I'm going to have to worry about more creepy things. Okay, uh, Definitely cooperate. Okay. And once I figure that's what he wants, then uh, basically Dutch will try to get his, he's not trying to get like stuff out of him like hey 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 give me a car or or anything like that, you know. Right. Although right. if they have a car we take it, you know. So when so you go um, and ask for a car, here's so here's his response. Um we only have military vehicles here, and my understanding is that your group probably does not want to be seen in military vehicles. Sure, sure. There's um, a, a train just about a mile uh, east of here that can take you into Paris. Okay. Well, uh, we'll take a ride to the train station if you can swing it. Oh, yes, yes. All right, I'll go tell everyone. Okay. Where do you where do you find Valentino? Probably wherever the people are congregating to smoke. Okay. I'll uh, so out one of the outbuildings. Yeah. Yep. I'll go find him there. Okay. Where do you find Blisco? Probably in the cafeteria. Astell in the cafeteria. This has been mm-hmm. a bit of a event you have a how's your appetite how's your appetite blisco's appetite is uh strong (laughs) Uh, he didn't take any mental damage no he didn't not not during that one at least yeah 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 all right so you're good you're you're just brushing it off and just eating eating heartily okay and then uh so you get the those two and then you have to go and find doc 
I will look for uh, put-off-looking personnel to find Doc. <laughs> There's a there seems to be a long line of them leading you back into the infirmary area. Yeah. Where Doc is uh pestering and pestering kind of doc, doctors. Yeah, pestering doctors as well. Medical stuff. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're raiding the place. Oh, in that case, okay. what are you raiding? <laughs> Not necessarily anything terrible, just seeing if they have like any, you know, any bandages, any quinine, any uh I don't know. I mean, they have all this stuff. You will need to if they, do if they have some extra. You will need to do an agility plus stealth D2 to see if you are able to uh abscond with any medical supply. Well, I wasn't gonna I wasn't going to steal. I was just going to be incredibly annoying and to kind of see if they would you know give me some supplies to get rid of me. Oh man, uh, you would need to do a will plus persuasion D two uh, on on annoying. I can totally do that. I okay. can be annoying uphill both ways. Yep, zero success or not. Yeah, so they're not having any of your stuff. Uh, one of one of the nurses is like, "You do know that these supplies are for our fighting men." And if you take them, one more of our great soldiers might die. We too are fighting men. Please, please go. Hey, Doc. Please, please, please go. <laughs> you, We're you'd going. Th- you'd think they could be. As well, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, they, uh, they very much want us out of here. Um, yeah, let's, uh, Oblige them, I suppose. Always, always the British. Well, I mean, maybe if you weren't being annoying, maybe they would have given you some stuff. But I've well, got, maybe. I've got good news uh, for all of you. We are probably going to stop dealing as much with the British. So the coffee will be better, but I don't think they're going to get any nicer. Hmm. But I don't mind the tea. Do do you need to make any phone calls to either Section M or to the uh, U.S. pace? I figured they would get worked up the chain, but something tells me that I should. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A sudden yep. intuition comes upon you. I'll 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 call up the secret number. Number, please. I'll give her the number. Okay. Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, we all went bowling last night, and we couldn't leave because Franklin wanted a turkey. One moment. There's a long pause. You hear clicks, and you hear switches flip. Hello, this is the brigadier. Hey, brigadier, this is Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Uh, have you made it to Paris? Uh. Not quite. Uh, we ran into some trouble in the air. Trouble? What kind of trouble? Uh, we were attacked by a creature. A, uh, something the uh, locals are nonchalantly calling a gremlin. No, um, right. Uh, wings, horns, no face. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, that is a night gaunt. Okay. That's a nasty creature. Was it, um... How big was it? 
uh, about the size of a tall man. Oh, that was a I'm not baby counting the then. wingtips. Yes, that was the infant. That's that's what we're told. <laughs> okay, and were you able to dispatch it? We were. Uh, ah, good, good, good. Just got some scratches and scrapes, but everybody's fine. Uh, Blisco landed the plane, so. Oh, really? Yes. Fascinating. Um, uh, what is your plan of attack? Uh, we're going to take a train to Paris and go check out. Um, da, da, da. Yeah, it's an address that you have. Yeah, it's an address. Uh, that library, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, actually, it is the National Library of France is what the address is. Okay. We have just arrived in Kent, and so um, it, we're organizing things and trying to find some additional information on Carcosa. Uh, I don't know what we're going to be able to find, but hopefully you'll be able to find more when you get to uh, the address. Um, oh, where are you calling me from? I'm calling you from whatever the Air Force base is called. Uh, okay, yes. Um, in the future, if you would, please call from someplace that is not, uh, someplace that could not easily be tapped, like a phone booth on the street or a cafe or a, uh, a shop that might have a phone, uh, that may be able to give you some privacy, uh, but, uh, set locations, there's probably a good chance that, uh, that it could be bugged, that it could be tapped. We think that that is how they found out where our headquarters were in in Belgium. All right. They did find the body of the man. You said that there was a man that was shot. Mm-hmm. We did find that body under the rubble. Uh, and we were able to identify him as uh, Herman Mitvok Will. Uh, he is a member of the Black Sun. He is also very much like uh, Herr Montauk and Herr Deanstock. Uh, but wasn't he shot by someone from the Black Sun? <sighs> we are still trying to figure that out. The <sighs> We think that there may be... The people here may th- are thinking that there may be a fraction or a fissure in the in the Black Sun ranks. I see. Well, that's probably why they didn't manage to kill us. Well, we did lose a lot of a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um. Nope, I think that's it. I'll call you from Paris, uh, whether we have something or not. Ah, very good. Um, how about this same time tomorrow? All right. Very good, very good. Carry on. And click. Right. Yep, hang up. Call up the old fort. Hello? This is Sergeant Doolittle speaking. Who is this? Hi, Mom, is that you? It's Carlos. Yeah, no, we're we're in France. We're, we're Who in is France. this? Is this Herbogast? Yeah, yeah. 
What are you doing yeah. in Paris? Don't worry. Don't worry about it. We're doing great. Um, everything's great. There were no... Uh, we're just having a little trouble with the Halloween decorations. Um, getting all up in our face. Uh, anyway, I'm doing good. Say hi to Timmy for me. Bye. Hang up. What now? What? <laughs> I think you've caused more confusion with him than anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm giving him something. All right. So I'll go check if everybody's ready to go. Yeah, I think. Ready okay. as anyone. Okay. Yep. You oh. all have your service, your all your handguns. You all have your handguns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all stashed away. Okay. You did then, pretty good with your handguns in the air. That was that was good. I I like that. Yeah. At the uh, at the gate of the base there is a there is a jeep waiting. Yeah. Well, get in the jeep. Uh where to? Uh train station, please. Ah, yes, okay. Puts it in gear. All the way down to the uh to the train station. Yeah. Should we stop maybe so, a bit outside the train station? Outside the train station? Yeah, I don't know. But are we going to draw attention to ourselves in a military jeep? Uh, maybe, I, I guess. Yep, let's let's stop a brisk walk away from the train station. All right. So he stops a couple of blocks away, gives you a little light wave, U-turns, yep. and drives back to the base. You are standing in a small community uh, on the outskirts of Paris. There is a train station a few blocks away where you can buy a ticket. Each of you can get a ticket and get on the train to Paris. Yep, we'll do that. All right. The 9 a.m. train to Paris is crowded because there are some people that are commuting in. Everyone is reading a newspaper. They're not really paying attention to one another. Everyone's head is down and looking through the paper of what's going on. Some of the headlines, of course, are talking about the the Nazi aggression will not stand is one editorial that you read. There is a brief uh, story on the bottom of page two that you can see on another fellow's shoulder talking about an incident in Brussels where a blimp, uh, Nazi blimp was seen. There are reports of a bombing in an, in another uh, article that you read in, in Belgium. Uh, of course, another opinion piece is talking about how the Belgians, the Belgians should not be neutral in this war, but should side with the French. And another one is uh, complaining about how America is not involved with this, uh, with this fight and how, how dare they uh, not step up. Uh, there's a, probably another article that's like, eh, would it be that big of a deal if the Nazis came and, and took control of, of our country? <laughs> Typical. But it's a very, it's a very bustly ride, standing room kind of uh, train ride. But eventually you make it into the heart of Paris at the main Paris train station. Again, in Earth D20, it's just called uh, Paris Central. Okay. Uh, we'll try to see if there's public transportation to the library. There is. You can get on a, a bus or a trolley that will take you to the the main train uh, to the main uh, library. Now, uh, Valentino, you know this this address in this library, correct? Yes. Okay. Do you want to help them along the way? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, point out, it's like, uh, you want to take this road and all that and pretty much take them there as quickly as we can. Yeah, this, uh, you know, Paris is bustling this early in the morning. People are going about to uh, their jobs. Uh, shopkeeps are opening up in the morning. People are very friendly towards one another. Uh, there are women and children who are going shopping or to school. It's uh, it's a very nice October morning. And then you turn the corner and there in front of you is the National Library of France. It is a building that is multiple stories high, four or five stories high. It takes up an entire city block. This library is immense. There are two entrances, a north entrance and a south entrance that you can enter on uh, depending on which way you you approach the uh, the building. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean whichever one would be sure. I'd feel would be close. You go in, you go in and and certainly there is a large circulation desk. Uh how may I help you? Uh we're here to see Antoine. Uh Antoine, what is the last name? Dupre. Ah, uh, Antoine Dupre. Yes. Um mm, 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 mm. one moment and the man leans over to uh, another woman there at the, the desk and whispers in her ear. She whispers something back. Uh, yes, he is on the uh, third floor. If you would wait just one moment, we'll, we'll, we'll have him come get you. Very well. So you wait and... So where do you know this guy from? Well, we're uh, academic uh, compatriots. We've done some studies together. few minutes pass. Antoine still doesn't show up. Uh, I'm sorry. I do not know where he is. Um, he hands you um, a room number. He is uh, third floor, room two, uh, room 317. Yeah, well, uh, just go down floor. that way. Take the stairs up. Turn left. Go down. Take another stair up. And then turn right and he'll his office is right there. Uh, thank you very much. All right, fellas, let's uh, head on up. All mm-hmm. right. This library is really big. Not only do they have a massive, like, general reading room, but there is kind of a museum section here where some uh, artifacts are on display. There are rooms and rooms and rooms devoted to different topics, and there's a nameplate on each room, so you can tell that there's been a benefactor that has given a lot of money to have this collection here at the museum. Of course, there's statues and paintings and all sorts of things uh, here, but uh, the books, the rows and rows and rows of books are just more than any of you have, have ever seen. Well, except for Valentino. Um, (laughs) As you get up into the second and third floors, you start to get into uh, office administration type stuff uh, where researchers and other people might be housed uh, here in the library. You arrive at 317. The door is partially open. Bring up a fist, uh, kind of hesitate for a second, and then knock at the open door. Okay. Uh, you people. knock. Yeah, you knock, and then the door kind of swings open a little more, and you see a man who is hunched over his desk. He is, um, he's a very, Handsome looking man. He's got 
uh, black hair that is slicked back uh, all the way. He is wearing a starch white shirt with a tie and suspenders and pants uh, that are uh, extremely well pressed. And he's got a in his hand a very brilliant red piece of like chalk or oil chalk. And he's just drawing something on a piece of of paper and he looks up hmm, ah, oh yes uh, oh oh yeah uh, nathaniel oh my goodness and he rushes over to you oh oh it is so good to see you and he gives you a kiss on the side of your cheek and the other side of your cheek and is holding your holding your shoulders oh it is so good to see you oh but you've lost so much weight have they not been feeding you Oh, I, I, I eat plenty. Hey, it's, uh, good to see you. Uh, hey, well, I'm, I'm here on oh, business. Oh, uh, who are <laughs> your, who are your friends? Uh, yeah, they're uh, compatriots of mine. Um, is there a quiet place we can talk? Oh yes. So he goes to each of your friends. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm Antoine. He shakes Dutch's hand. Hey, Dutch. It is, it is so nice to meet you. Uh, he yeah. goes to shake Blisco's hand. Uh, Antoine, Antoine Dupree. Uh, bug eater. Uh, uh, he falters for a minute. Uh, 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 yes, any friend of any friend of Nathaniel's. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, then he gets to Doc and he's like, hesitates for a moment. Uh, oh, he- um, hello. I'm I'm Antoine. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Helias Nicholas Helias. Um. Um. Oh, yes. Well. Uh, yes, indeed. Um. You said that you had something to talk about, and please come, 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 all of you into my office. All and right. he closes the door behind, and um, he's got a, he's he's got his chair in his desk, and of course, it looks like there's a lot of research material on the wall um, behind him. You know, shelves of of little knickknacks and books, and 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 uh, you know, tomes that are there. Some of them old, some of them new. He does have a couch in his office, and there is one other chair. So. There's room for everybody to sit if they if they like. Absolutely. Before we sit down, if if it's all right, I look around and see if I recognize anything, any of the stuff that's up and about. Uh like, as far as the books and stuff? Uh yeah, I'm basically I'm looking for the like uh luminary symbol or any of the other symbols that we've seen sure. so far. Insight plus observation. Okay. Difficulty one. Uh, one success. All right. One success. You do not see the luminary symbol uh, there, but you do see on one of the shelves, a book titled secret cults and obscure orders. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, please. I'll please sit down. Uh, uh, Nathaniel, did you not get my last letter? Uh, I'm not certain. When would that have been? Um, um, earlier this week that I sent, I should have reached you very quickly. Unfortunately, no, I afraid we did. I did not. Uh, we've kind of been on the move quite recently. Hmm. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. And unfortunately that is what, uh, brings us here today. Uh, well, what, you, what, what can I help you with? Have you heard of a place called Carcosa? Hmm. <clears throat> he pauses for a moment. Uh, you're joking, right? Uh, wish that I were. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because an acquaintance of mine 
is in a production of a play called The King in Yellow, currently taking place down in the theater district. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the play, but, uh, well, uh, The King in Yellow um, takes place in a uh, country called uh, Carcosa, uh, but strange things happen in uh, that uh, that play. Uh, I don't really know much more about that except what what my uh, my acquaintance has 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 told told me about it maybe you and i could go and see it uh perhaps if we have time uh i i, I hear it's to die for <laughs> well uh yes uh we'll have to see um uh, yeah you were referred to us by section m section m Familiar. Um, I'm sorry. My mind has just been so many places lately. Uh, um, on Wednesday. No, no, I'm sorry. On on Thursday. Yes, three days ago, uh, I was contacted by um somebody who said that they needed some research done. Uh, uh about some I don't know ancient orders or something like that. Yes. Um, unfortunately, that does kind of sound like what we've been wrapped up in. Uh, did they, were they specific with what was? Uh, no, they said that some people would be coming looking for uh, lots of information. And if, 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 if I could help them, then uh, I would be compensated. But please don't let Mr. Kane know it would be very bad if he found <laughs> out I was doing some stuff on the side, if you know what I mean. Yeah, understandable. Uh, yeah, I think we'll all have to keep this quiet all around. Unfortunately, uh, somebody, but anybody, not not uh, not Valentino, can roll me an observation plus insight difficulty one. Okay. Oh boy, some insight. Mm-hmm. One person or the rest of us? In, any of you can do it, except for Valentino. Okay. Two successes Aha! from Blisco. Three successes from Blisco. <laughs> Three successes from Doc. Okay, you guys are in maximum momentum. Uh, then I'll spend a moment. I don't know. <laughs> uh, one success. All right. Um, you can all see that on the nameplate on his desk, uh, it says Antoine Dupre, um, occult and esoteria. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that probably means he may know more than just. Yeah. Than just uh, secret cults and and orders. Um, Dutch uh, will stand up no. and start <laughs> yes. looking through the. Just start looking at the books on the shelves. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, yeah, I heard a weird rhyme. Hmm. And how did it go? In the land of the ancients, where the stars align, eight artifacts of power shall the portal bind. And I like, I'm just gonna like scan his face to see if he like recognizes it. He starts to to recognize. He looks at uh, he looks at Nathaniel. Nathaniel, does that first line seem to indicate something with the pyramids? I was kind of wondering something along those lines myself. Uh, yes. Um, one of my uh, friends, colleagues, 
uh, on this floor is uh, into astronomy, and we have lunch a couple of times a week. And he was telling me that there is this strange, this strange coincidence that the belt of Orion, you know, the the constellation Orion, that the three stars in that belt seem to align exactly with the orientation of the great pyramids in Egypt. Isn't that amazing? Ah, hmm. Those Egyptians were smart. Yes, they were. If you get a chance, I would suggest you check out the Egyptian exhibit at the National Museum. It's fascinating. Simply fascinating. Oh, Nathaniel, I just, I, you and I should go. Uh, yeah, again, uh, hopefully we'll have time before we have to jet off again, but mm. uh, yes, fortunately, uh, duty does call. Uh, so, and, and he's fiddling with this red uh, chalk. Is there any way to tell, like, is he getting nervous? Is he trying to push us out? No, no, he seems uh, completely uh, happy to see uh, see you there. He's mm-hmm. very excited to share information with you. Okay. He's just uh, as far as, uh, maybe he's a little nervous. He may be a little nervous. I think his nervousness is, is not like social. Yes. Uh, maybe situational, probably. But uh, the rest of the rhyme, I seem to remember. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, he walks over to the bookshelf and he pulls off the book that you saw earlier, Secret Cults and Obscure Orders. Mm-hmm. And he starts uh, flipping through it, and he's looking through it, and you may spend a momentum. Let's see. It says each momentum spent to obtain information allows two questions to be asked instead of one. <laughs> okay. And he's just he's just flipping through the book. Um, do you have a, a specific question that I might be able to help you with? Hmm. That, that rhyme seems very familiar. Yeah, uh, I guess if we get a limited amount of questions, let me run this by the panel. Okay. Um, is there a group that this rhyme is associated with? Ooh. Is that a momentum spend, or are you? Are you? I'm. I'm asking if you guys think that's a decent question. Yes, I think so. Okay, I'll I'll spend the momentum for that. Okay. So you get two questions um, out of this. Okay. Ah uh, ah yes 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 oh Nathaniel look 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 it's um uh, uh the luminaries yes yes I knew I knew this yes yeah. ah so the luminaries. As the story goes, there was a man who, oh, let me think. He's looking through the through the paper. There was a man who was controlling demons and was using the key of Solomon to do that. And there were a group of enlightened ones uh, who fought against him and were able to lock the key of Solomon away. And he's pointing at the book right there, and he's kind of pointing it to the Nathaniel. Look, look, look. Yes. Um, yeah, we... Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think uh, Jerry has interest in the key. Jerry? 
You know. Hmm. The key of Solomon. I mean, you do realize that these, I mean, this is fun stuff to study and it certainly pays my job, but a lot of this stuff is just mumbo jumbo nonsense. Maybe less than what you may have thought. And more importantly, a powerful government that stands in opposition to this one with lots of guns and resources Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is trying to find it. So they're going to be moving through the same avenues that we are, uh, which makes it necessary for us to uh, upturn all the rocks first before they get to them. Hmm. Well, huh. <laughs> well, hmm. Well, that's, that's all that this book, and he closes it up and he puts it back on the shelf. As, as far as the luminaries in your rhyme go, uh, I mean, the rhyme is not in the book, but um, he puts it back on the shelf. That's all the information I really have on the luminaries. They're not super well known. Okay. Do you have any, anything else on either the key or Carcosa? Well, again, I would have to probably do some more research. Um, I could go back into the, into the off limits section to see what might be there, but. Oh, the director hey, Mr. Kane, does not does not like that very much. Wait, libraries actually for reals have off limit sections? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Um the this this is where uh, obviously this is a vast repository of knowledge and some knowledge we feel should not be open to the general public and so we keep things locked away either because the information is too dangerous or the the books are too old or you know, they're just too valuable for normal hands to to touch. Uh, does this guy have a title? Is he like a doctor or a professor or something? Uh, Antoine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, Monsieur Antoine. Okay. Julian Kane is the director of the library. So, uh, you know, we would have to go back into the stacks to look for anything else. But again, uh, Mr. Kane would be... Mm. Well, uh, this is what we're here to do. So I got some good news for you. You've got, and I'll like put a hand on Valentino's shoulder, at least one, uh, research assistant that, Mm. uh, you can use to help us figure this out. Well, I mean, uh, now he seems very nervous. Like he, I, I really don't want to lose my job. We might be able to go in at night when no one's around, but if I'm caught during the day, that uh, could be a lot of trouble. I mean, you really have to fill out a lot of paperwork in order to get to those those archives. You know, that sounds great to us. We just got into town. We need to get lodging and uh, probably some new clothes. So, um, but uh, Nathaniel, you look fantastic. Uh, yeah, I was able to find some decent duds <laughs> at the base. Some of us oh. need a lot more work to look good. <laughs> and he kind of gives a side eye to Doc. <laughs> I I understand. Um, listen, I I am here to help you with whatever you need. 
So it, whatever research you need, you, if you want to write down questions, I can help you do that. If you want to just tell me, I can go, I can start to do some research while you go uh, freshen up. And again, he gives a side eye to, to, to doc. Um, so any questions that you may have, I'm, I kind of have a specialty in, uh, the esoteric and the mysterious, the magical, the occult. Uh, so I could do a lot of, I could be of very much value to all of you. Sounds great. I'll like, I'll write down the rhyme for him. Okay. And be like, just hand it to him. And be like, go nuts. Uh, uh, gonna... This is just a list of riddles. So we, uh, we do not know any of this stuff right now. Okay. Are you going to ask him about the symbol or no? The symbol of the luminaries? Luminaries, yeah. I mean, he said he didn't... That's all he knew about the luminaries, right? And I don't think that he's, like, lying. N- no, he's not lying. Okay. Um, but, sure, I'll show him the symbol. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've uh, actually spoken to a luminary. Oh, really? And he had this symbol in at his place. Prominently displayed. prominently displayed i think so wasn't it no it was in the like in a lower corner window i mean it it was in a window it was in a window yeah but it was it was not prominently displayed like okay uh it was welcome sign or anything like that sub prominently displayed okay Um, (laughs) openly displayed i would say openly displayed yes okay but not you know not calling attention to itself okay uh yeah i uh, i can look into the symbol i can look into this rhyme, I can look into the luminaries if you like. Is That's there great. anything else? And he looks at each each of you. Is there anything else you want me to look more on Carcosa? Carcosa would be helpful. Yeah. Potentially. What um, about what about the black sun or the night wolves? The Nocturne Volsons? He just looks at you like, I have no idea about that. Is there anything else? I mean uh yeah. Um if you find anything on Carcosa, see if you can research anything about its local fauna cuz I feel like we keep running into it. Such as what? Uh Shoggoths, Nightgaunts. Oh, and with that, the minute you say Shoggoths, he perks up. Oh, the history of Shoggoths is so fascinating. He goes over and he grabs another book off the shelf. Uh, these creatures are, oh, probably one of the scariest things. As as, as I, as in my research, that probably one of the scariest things that I've ever uh, read. These things are, well, they're controlled by uh, mental control. Uh, that's how you uh, are supposed to uh, get them to do what you want them to do. Oh. Uh, yes, they're very, very fascinating. They, uh, you say you've run into one. Yes. Yes. And he gives Nathaniel, you know, a very weird stare down. Like, is this a joke? Are you joking me? No, uh, Nathaniel's kind of got like a pain look and this. No, no joke is, uh, quite the harrowing experience. I seriously doubt you met a Shoggoth. 
I, I, uh, I, if you had met a real Shoggoth, you would all be dead by now. Ed you may have damnedest. <laughs> and he laughed. <laughs> you right. may have, have met some kind of a, uh, and he flips through the book. Yeah. You may have met a hybrid of some kind or a proto Shoggoth, but I don't think you met an actual Shoggoth. That may be. Uh, we only know what uh, a bunch of soldiers told us. So we, you're the, you have a lot more information than we do. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you oh, like, yes. Shoggoths are uh, usually beings that uh, are under a mind control. Uh, yes, yes. He's flipping through the book right here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Usually they're the heralds or servants of uh, Yogg-Sothoth. And then he pauses for a moment. Yes. Um, hmm. Yogg-Sothoth. Interesting. Hmm. May have to that's, do more into that. That's uh, interesting because I'm pretty sure it was saying that. What the the Shoggoth that you encountered? Yes, it was definitely saying something that sounded a lot like Yogg. He's very quiet for a minute. But this might have yeah. been a a this might might have been a uh, mixed substandard talking Shoggoth. I mean, if it was a if it was a hybrid or a proto Shoggoth, maybe yes. Mm-hmm. Typically, they don't make noises; they don't speak to. Well, at least in the history of the mythology of the creatures. When when you say hybrid, what do you mean? What would a hybrid Shoggoth be? Well, and he flips a page. As the story goes, there's a number of different ways that you can summon Shoggoths. Uh, you can shove it. Sh- uh, Uh, Summon a Shoggoth through a portal or an opening. Uh, That would be the way to bring one here. Or, and really, if if a Shoggoth was, a real Shoggoth was loose, it would be mass destruction. Um, The other way that you can, what's the word that I want to use here? Hmm. You can infuse another creature, usually from a younger age, but not necessarily, and infuse them with the Shoggoth's power or energy and transform them. And his hands go up and he's kind of, you know, gesturing, you know, big and wide, transform them into a, the giant monstrosity that is a a proto Shoggoth. A creature like a person? A person, an animal, a goat. Yeah. I mean, this thing had a face. Yeah. Uh, well, a they do have face. mouths and, oh, and he's, talk, he's starting to talk about mouths and eyeballs, and he stops as soon as you say human face. Human face? Yes. One just fully, mostly intact human face. Along with all the eyeballs and teeth and mouths and stuff. Nathaniel, what have you gotten yourself into? I kind of been asking myself that every day for the last while. Oh. And now he's really twirling this chalk in his hands, like very rapidly, like, oh my gosh, his mind is, is thinking and he's twirling. And <sighs> I think that you are into something maybe very dangerous. And I do need to look around, do some research. Yes, um, 
Okay. Um, do you mind if I what ask some colleagues about this? Uh, certainly my astronomy friend might be able to shed some light onto the first stanza of this verse. I trust him? Yeah. I mean, he's a friend. I'll, I'll look at Valentino. Again, uh, I, yeah, if you can get help, uh, may not be a bad idea, but maybe be, maybe frame it as an intellectual exercise. Yeah. Perhaps be a bit vague as to the source or the cause of the questions. He just suddenly is, I think suddenly the excitement of seeing his friend, the excitement of sharing his knowledge has suddenly started to wear off as the realization of my friend and his friends are now in something serious. And this is not a joking thing. Okay. Uh, are you going to be all right? I can only try. The best way to guarantee that we're all all right is for us to get as much information as possible. And if there's anything in the stories that might indicate, even in theory, something that might give us a location or a way to find Carcosa or even something that might give us a, a waypoint to point us in the right direction. Yes, yes, of course. Um, well, uh, I'm going to have to do some work. Uh, you understand, it's going to take take some time. Sure. Um, listen. It's probably best that we... It's probably best you're not seen here during regular time. Mr. Kane, I think, might be very curious about why you're making multiple trips to my office. Sure. Um, the library closes at eight o'clock tonight. Mr. Kane usually is gone by nine. That will give me time to do some research with the books that I have access to. I can talk to some others. And then uh, after Mr. Kane leaves, I should be able to get into the restricted area and find some additional information. So if you come back at, at 930, I should have some more information for you. Right. There is an employee entrance on uh, Rue Vivienne that you should be able to access. Okay. Very well. Please, uh, please be careful. Um, where, where, where are you going? Uh, well, we got to find a place to. Uh, we got to find an inn or a hotel or something. Oh, and uh, then we're gonna go get some clothes, probably, and definitely something to eat. Oh, Nathaniel, remember Hotel Red Iron when the first time that we came here? Yes, that would be a fantastic place to stay. And it's not too far away. Yes, yeah. Let's uh, 
go there. Okay. Um. Well, be safe and get side eyes, Doc. Uh, clean up, and I'll see you tonight. All right. So you all leave. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. We memorize him so that uh, when he dies horribly in a scene <laughs> or two, we can remember him. So you head off, and it's really five blocks away. It's not that far away to the Hotel Red Iron. The Hotel Red Iron is a newish after the 1860s uh, building. So that way it has elevators in it. And it is a nice 12 stories tall. It is very decadent. It is, you know, very nice, very upscale. Dutch would probably know of this place or it would have been on a recommended stay list. Uh, as you were traveling around Europe. We're going to be able to afford it. Oh, you have 800 monies. Of course you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, it's only like $5 a night, which again, oh, okay. would be a lot of money back then, but sure. Five, five dollars, five per monies a night, yep. five monies per person. Yes. Per night. Okay. So that's 20 monies. I mean, unless you double up, I mean, you could double up two per room. Uh, per room, yeah. We could stay here for 40 nights. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. We don't have to. Uh, yeah, let's double up just for safety anyway. Mm-hmm. Hello. Welcome to the Hotel Red Iron. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How many will be staying? <laughs> uh, the four of us, but we'll take two doubles if you have them. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have two rooms. Please sign the register. It turns the register right. around. How many now, nights would you be staying? Now, now, Stephen, just to just to double check, this is a a person that we're talking to, and not like a like a fox with like a top hat, right? No, this is the, <laughs> this is the this is the clerk, and you can okay. see the clerk at the hotel, and he's wearing a little badge that says Daniel Maupin or Maupin. M A U P I N. Mopon. Yeah. Mopon. I will sign under an alias. All right. What is your alias? Alias is John Big Booty. Smith. Yes. <laughs> John, John Smallberries. <laughs> oh, you're all named John. How quaint. Americans, huh? Hey, we love it. Very well. <laughs> he turns around. He hands you a key to room 1011 and hands you a uh, hands. Uh, how I don't know how you guys are, are booking up, but he hands someone else the key to uh, two, uh, 1013. I suppose you want connecting rooms. Uh, we would we would like that. Yes. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Very well, then. I will take the key to 1013. Welcome to the Hotel Red Iron. A word of caution, though. Do not be out after midnight when the fog rolls in, because things get very dangerous. Okay. Is that dangerous how? Oh, brigands and things that go crawling in the night, of course, young man. <laughs> but yes, crime is uh, can be bad in this section of town at night, especially in the fog. 
Okay, we'll we'll keep that in mind. Yes, well, again, welcome. If you need anything, just let me know. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, actually, uh, we need to find a, a clothier or boutique that uh, can cater to us uh, Americans traveling on a small budget. Oh, yes. Uh, just outside, around the corner, uh, in the same building, is a clothing shop for men. Great, thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right, how much am I paying for the rooms? You're paying like 20 monies. Okay. And that'll take care of you for a couple of days. I have us down as having 779 monies. Excellent. The nice thing is your suits, if you got a very fancy suits, will only cost you about 10 monies. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> it's like Dutch has been thinking about how he wants to go clothes shopping. And mm -hmm. then he's like, how am I going to dress myself the way I want to dress myself while dressing these guys the way that they probably want to dress and not feel bad that I'm spending like two to three times as much money? out of our collective stuff so he's he's like he's like trying to figure out he's like i'm just gonna have to like find cheaper stuff and make it work <laughs> or you know yeah. you don't have to look you don't have to tell them the price tags sure but but then i'd be lying to them you know i just like like it's a bad precedent to say. nobody is like this is not something like clearly not something that they care about right but like <laughs> well clearly Close, excuse me <laughs> close is something that, i think valentino cares about his appearance that's that's fair but also everything fits him and looks great so it doesn't matter <laughs> doc cares about his appearance but doc is also one of those guys who sometimes when you're tall and edgy and all you know yeah i'm sure i'm sure doc is like particular about his appearance like he probably has clothes that he likes to wear that he thinks look good on him sure all right, like, then let's go to the men's store around the corner and do a fashion montage makeover. All right, everybody, <laughs> tell me all the different fashions that you are trying on in this fashion <laughs> montage. <laughs> this will be for XP. <laughs> oh, XP, what, did, what year did you say it was? 1939? It's 1939. Yeah. <laughs> and so just this store, this men's store, uh, has anything you want. Sure. Uh, just you start. Just like Go ahead. The, the curtain, the curtain opens, the curtain <laughs> opens and doc walks out. What is doc wearing? A black frock coat that is clearly not the right size. Uh, plaid pants and a white shirt with really lovely check suspenders, but it the, just doesn't have the right look. The man that is taking care of you, he is uh, a very neat, very tall, very thin, black hair. He's got a kind of kind of an upturned nose, and he has one of those little little mustaches little underneath. Mustache, yeah, yeah oh. he's got a little mustache <laughs> around his neck. Is a tape measure, and he looks at you, and he dismisses no the curtain opens and out comes valentino uh valentino's uh got himself uh, an ensemble with gray uh trench coat ascot some you know slacks and shined black shoes found a self a good fedora hat 
ah, spin, you spin around the, the, uh, the, the man that's taking care of you looks and he nods. Bravo. The curtain opens and out comes Blisco. Brightly colored button down shirt. Like what color? A bright blue. Uh, yeah. Bright blue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, with, uh, simple dark pants to a or dark utility, more utilitarian pants. And that's it. Just the shirt and the pants just shirt and the pants. And is the uh, same stuff he's been carrying around with him the entire time with the uh, gloves and whatnot in his pocket, in the back pocket. Oh, you need a jacket and a hat. Okay. The curtains open and out comes Dutch. Uh, yeah. Dutch is going to be wearing a brown slacks and matching sport coat and matching vest. White shirt underneath with a white tie and a, yeah, like a nice, it's like kind of like those, like, it's not like a carnival barker hat. It's like that serious, mm. yeah, like, maybe more like a Panama yeah. hat. Is that yeah. like something like that? Okay. Uh, something that, you know, if he takes the, the jacket off, is a little breezy. Obviously a pocket uh, kerchief um, to go with it. Um, and... Uh, Set off over there, he definitely has uh, a couple more shirts and ties that match. Aha, uh-huh, Mr. Smallberries, very good choice. Thank you, thank the you. Curtain opens and out steps Doc. Uh, Doc has now found a blue velvet suit, matching. No, no, suit. no, 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 blue velvet. velvet suit with a white no frilly velvet. shirt. Curtain, curtain closes. Valentino, <laughs> next, <laughs> next costume. You suck. Fashion man, uh, probably has uh, picked out something more uh, sporting, uh, white slacks and shirt with blue jacket. Yeah, I think that's about it. He walks over to you, takes a measure of your shoulders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then he starts patting down your chest and feeling around your waist. I will need to let a little bit out here so you can carry your weapon. Uh, yeah, good call. Curtain opens and out comes Blisco. Same top and pants as previously, uh, but uh, now Blisco's trying to uh, mimic the way that Dutch dressed because Dutch got immediate approval. Mm-hmm. And he he clearly sees that Dutch is uh, figuring as fashion forward. Uh, and so has a, a vest and jacket and the uh, same style of hat with a slightly different coloring. Mwah, a- you will blend into the crowd perfectly. Oh, Curtain good. opens. Doc comes out. Okay. Not velvet this time, but definitely maroon. A maroon three-piece you, you, you back. This is the part where the you cut to the to the clothier and he's just tapping his forehead and shaking his head. <laughs> Doc goes back behind the curtain. Curtain opens and out comes Valentina. Or uh, out comes uh, Dutch. Uh, Dutch is wearing a a button-up blue shirt that has the uh, it's it's short sleeves, but it, the sleeves are like rolled back and a pair of I guess like long shorts, um, along with uh, some nice socks and some I don't know what are like good shoes for that like like loafers. long shorts like. Describe long shorts. Uh, shorts like down under- to the knee. Okay. It's a little chilly for October, but 
the clothier kind of nods his head back and forth. Eh, it's, you'll definitely get some looks. I saw it in the pulps. <laughs> you definitely will get some looks. Hmm. Curtain closes. Curtain opens. Out comes Doc. Okay. This time. This time I know what you got. Like everybody, we cut. We cut to this really exaggerated fisheye wide shot of everybody that in the center <laughs> is the is the clothier and next to him is his uh, his female assistant and then on either side is Valentino and Dutch and Blisco and everybody's just kind of all leaning in like waiting to see what doc wears emerging <laughs> okay are you ready everybody's on the edge of their seat in anticipation this is like the big climax of our musical clothing montage <laughs> white dress shirt Cream sweater, like a V-neck sweater, under a like a frock coat, a tan frock coat with like red piping, striped pants, and a Panama hat. Oh, yeah. The crowd erupts. <laughs> <laughs> and the musical yeah. montage, the musical montage ends as you all go back into the hotel carrying your packages. Yes, they're they're very tall packages. Every piece of clothing is is tied up in their own box. So I know that seems ridiculous, but every shirt has its own box. Every jacket sure, has sure, its own sure, box. Yeah. Everything it's, has its own box. So each of you is carrying a pile of boxes. So it is a little hard to see as you're, you're navigating towards the elevator to go up to your room. Uh, so you're standing around outside the elevator. You go, ding, the elevator door opens uh, a couple of people. You can't really see brush past you. You all go into the uh, elevator and as the elevator door is clothing, closing, you hear, oh, yeah, yeah, Herr Montag. And the door closes. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Critical Hit, Punch Hall Nazis, is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Steven Schleicher. You can get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode when you check out the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers. What went into this musical montage? Oh, you can find out when you check it out at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. This week we had several of our patrons get a shout-out on the show, and I will say sometimes your handles make it rather difficult to figure out how to work you into the narrative, which is why the hotel our heroes are staying at is named after patron Red Iron. And if you like the hotel clerk, you can thank Danielle Maupon for that. If you'd like your name to appear as an NPC in future episodes of Critical Hit, become one of our associate producers at patreon.com slash major spoilers. We have a lot of adventure to get through and the list of patrons is getting longer. And this is your chance to immortalize yourself in our adventures. Don't forget, we need you. We need you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit. Send it to us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com. It'll take you just a minute, and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans you heard at the beginning of the show. Listen, you don't have to be a patron to send in your recording, and we hope you do it soon. If you have questions or comments, jump into the Critical Hit Discord channel. You can find a link in the show notes and join our awesome community of fans. Thanks so much for listening, and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are Critical Hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.